Hello and welcome back to the last slice of pizza. I am your host, James, and today we are going over the episode Fear Itself, but also we have mm. a special guest. Would you care to introduce yourself? I would. I would care to introduce myself. Hi, everyone. I am Scott Nicewander. I am uh, mostly a YouTuber. I have a YouTube channel called NerdSync. Uh, N-E-R-D. Almost misspelled it. N-E-R-D-S-Y-N-C uh, on YouTube. And I make video essays about comics and superheroes and all sorts of uh, nerdy things. Cartoons, even, which is going to come in handy for, for this podcast. Uh, all of that is, I think. So I'm very excited uh, to be here and just talk about this show that was so uh, seminal to me growing up in my love of superheroes and comic books. And uh, this episode specifically is just is just such a great one. And I'm, I'm just stoked to talk about it. it. It really is. I I am. I guess I'm jumping the gun a little. But this is definitely one of my favorite episodes of the entire show. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, I, I rewatched it again for, I mean, it's been years since I've really caught up with this series. But right. I rewatched it literally just earlier today. Uh, and it is, I, I remember this episode being one of, my, one of my favorites. And it's even better than I remembered it being. I, I think it's so good. Such a tight story. Uh, such a good message too at, at right, the end. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's so much of it is really really interesting, uh, and I can't wait to pick apart all the details. Right. So now that we've gone over our general feelings, let's get into some specifics. So yeah, it begins on a dark and stormy night, like classic. Classic. When there is an attack on the local movie rental place, which, I mean, this show is, like, almost 20 years old. I know. <laughs> I was thinking that. Like, does this still translate to people? If, if kids were to watch it today, does this opening still translate at all? I don't know. Uh, but it is, it is like, a nice a slice of nostalgia yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So people are running out of the local movie rental place screaming and a malicious TV has come to life and is on the verge of attacking the cashier. However, the TV stops at the request of a villain who looks like this uh, nerd with like long orange hair with a remote that can control anything. And they inform the cashier of their ultimatum. Either admit that Warp Trek 5 which reunited the entire original cast from the classic TV show, deserves uh -huh, uh -huh. to be on your favorite rentals, or, you know, face destruction at the hands of this malicious TV creature. The cashier mm -hmm. begs, saying, I don't even know what warp track is. <laughs> the villain exclaims, And that, my little Tribble, is why you must be destroyed. So they do just classic. say straight-up Tribble. Yeah, that is a clear reference to Star Trek. Part of me um, kind of wants to see them bite the bullet and just say Star Trek, but part of me also loves, you know, the the mm -hmm. subversions. Yeah, it's it could be anything. I love this villain though. I, oh, I believe yeah. this villain was created for this show. Um, I think I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. So the control freak. First control. of all. Excellent name. It Excellent is, name. It is great. Um, 
Yeah, especially because his sort of weapon of choice, so to speak, is a remote control. Uh, I, and I, and just the fact that it can literally control everything. It doesn't seem to have any rules. In fact, it's later brought up in the episode that, uh, you know, when, when they think that more stuff is going down with Control Freak, um, you know, they're just like, but that doesn't make sense because his remote didn't do this earlier. And they're just like, well, we don't really know what all that remote can do. Because in this opening scene, like, it is controlling TVs. It's uh, turning cardboard cutouts into life. It's making candy have like faces and go right. attack people and eat people. It, yeah. This remote seemingly can do anything. Yeah, and we're 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 gonna get to all that. Uh, the TV goes on the attack, but gets blasted by Cyborg. And Control Freak greets them. Well, if it isn't my old arch nemesis, <laughs> the Teen Titan. <laughs> And Beast Boy's like, who is this guy? <laughs> yeah, like, it, as if in Control Freak's head, they've had this big rivalry, uh, and everyone's like, I have no idea who is, I don't, <laughs> this is the first time I'm seeing this guy, uh, but we'll just go along with yeah. it. Yeah, so the villain plays a clip on a bunch of TVs behind him, <laughs> exclaiming, I am the master of monsters. I am your darkest nightmares come to life. I mm-hmm. am Control Freak. And then he pushes a button to switch to a clip of uh, him clapping. And Raven sarcastically yes. remarks, a couch potato with a souped-up remote. I'm petrified. To which Control <laughs> Freak responds, you will be. And then pushes a button to make the video uh, return box come to life and tower over Raven. Yeah. And then, I mean, so... I love this shot. I love this moment because this is right before it cuts to the intro. Yeah, that's uh, the that's. Theme, the theme I song. always I always mention when the theme song happens. So yeah, and this this is such a great shot because it shows basically what the rest of the episode, what the entire episode is about, because it sort of freeze frames. You know, it's her saying, you know, I'm not afraid. And then uh, Control Freak being like, you will be. And then Giant Monster freeze frame on what appears to be a very terrified Raven. So uh, and Oof. and that that is going to be a, a theme throughout this episode. OK, OK. Uh, so Raven, after the theme song, we see Raven still a little scared, but Cyborg tackles the monster and says, don't worry, Raven, I can drop the drop box, which, you know, I, yeah. it's, it's a really cool line. I have to, I have to. It's, I mean, I, I've totally forgotten how, how fun these characters are, uh, especially Cyborg. Uh, it's, he's got some great, he's got some great lines where he is. Uh, not only very, very funny, um, both in the lines that he delivers and also just in some of the actions that he takes throughout this episode. Right. But then he, but then he's also like a, a very well-rounded three-dimensional character where he's not just uh, comic relief like that. He is uh, later, as we'll see in this this episode, he is also just like a really caring and very um, uh, like steady force on the team. And yeah. so I, it's just, I, I just forgot how well written these characters are. Yeah, no, it, it is really great. So Robin yeah. instructs the others to go after the remote and then control freak says, this isn't over. And if you thought part one was scary, just wait for the sequels. He then brings to life the cash registers, a video shelf and a cardboard cutout of a samurai as the Titans look on and do nothing. But yep. I mean, that's that's part of the charm of the show. If like 
it's 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 action, but it's also comedy, and like it knows yes. it knows when and where and how to do what it needs to do. Exactly, exactly. And this whole opening fight sequence is just so fun. It because is. It's incredible. You never I'm... because you don't know you don't know exactly what the remote's powers are. It just keeps doing things. Well, and I mean, every, every the remote's yeah. power is just like whatever control freak wants it to <laughs> exactly exactly so he just keeps doing stuff uh, you know uh turning all the, the cardboard cut out of this of the samurai because like at first i was like oh it's a technology thing he's controlling the tvs he controls like cash registers and then yeah he does this cardboard cutout of a samurai and then he does the these candies and it's I just mean, like what can't this have, remote there do? could be some light animatronics where like if you like like maybe it's like one of those things where if you walk past it, it like activates yeah. a sensor and it starts like making noise and like you know it moves well, its arms. That, well, <laughs> the, then what's the candy about? I don't know. Okay, you know what? You do have me at the candy. <laughs> <laughs> I was. <laughs> yeah, but it's. I mean, but but that's the thing too. Is I'm not, it, this show captures a tone so well, it, like demonstrated by this opening fight scene, where it's like, yeah, some of this is ridiculous, and some of it doesn't make any sense. But it's also just like fun. Yeah, and and it's actually sort of important later on that a lot of it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So then, like, so Robin goes to fight the cardboard samurai, but the samurai gets the upper hand. Starfire is flying through the store, avoiding the cash registers, which are also flying at this point. And Beast Boy mm. is facing off against the shelf, which to do so, he turns into a T-Rex, which scares the shelf, and Beast Boy tackles it. So Raven mm. is facing off against Control Freak, and she remarks, you like bad movies, right? And she flings some movies his way, and Control Freak uses his remote to send them back, saying, yeah, but they like you. And they tie Raven up, much to her dismay. So mm-hmm. Cyborg takes out a different shelf, but then Control Freak brings to life some candy, who then tried to eat Cyborg, saying, Eat him! And who's delicious now, big man? And Cyborg <laughs> is a little panicked at this and starts uh-huh. running away from it. So Starfire is on the offensive against the registers now. She destroys one, but the other one pulls back and attacks, but then Starfire uses the wall to turn around and strike down the other register. She lands triumphant, picks up a quarter before getting picked up by a TV. So Robin uh, continues to face off against the cardboard samurai and uses his bird orang to cut through him. Beast Boy becomes a bull to crash through another shelf, destroys it, but gets a little dizzy. He then sees Mm -hmm. that Wicked Scary is out and is excited. Control Freak comes over and gushes over the features. Director's cut, digitally remastered, alternate ending. It's great. It's so good. I love that this is just like a beat in the middle of in the middle of the fight where everything sort of stops for a second with Beast Boy and Control Freak as they're as they sort of bond for a little bit over their love of scary movies and they're just like, Whoa, this new this film's out, we gotta watch it. It's like, Oh yeah, dude, you gotta watch it. And then they realize, wait, we're supposed to be fighting and Beast Boy's like not cool and Control Freak brings that cardboard cutout to life. And Beast yes. Boy runs from it. Mm-hmm. It's it's really great. It's fantastic. So Raven gets wrapped up by some videotapes before setting herself free with a shield blast while telling the VHS tapes, you don't scare me. Meanwhile, Beast yeah. Boy runs from the wicked scary figure, which I should mention 
uh, like is a figure in a green robe where we can see one glowing red eye and some green tentacles. Yes. So then yeah. Cyborg is still dealing with the candy and he decides it's time to eat back. He starts eating the candy and says, who knew mm-hmm. evil would taste so good? So the candy is now afraid <laughs> and runs away. However, Cyborg gets really sick and goes to throw up outside yes. in the dumpster. I love that. This is exactly what I was talking about, where it strikes a balance between like, uh, like Cyborg has these great, intentional sort of one-liners but then there's also these comedic bits where it's at his expense where for a good chunk of this uh you know the next couple minutes he's going to be throwing up and just sick to his stomach and uh it is it's such a funny it happens a couple more times and it's it's so funny it how is. they how they keep going with it <laughs> So Robin frees Starfire from the TV cables and smashes the TV and catches Starfire. However, he sees the team is surrounded and Control Freak gloats. However, Robin sees the sprinkler system and uses his birdarangs to unleash the water, which takes out all of Control Freak's monsters. Um, I guess it just melts the candy even though we don't see it. (laughs) Or I'm assuming the candy just ran away having some sort of existential crisis about being eaten. So uh, so in yeah. theory, there's still just a bunch of like candy oh, running yeah. around. They're running around. They're forming their own civilization. Uh, I'm sure it's going to come up in a future episode. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> uh, so... Uh, Control Freak then notices his remote doesn't work and says he can't live without his remote. And Robin takes the remote and apprehends him and remarks, Ever think you watch too much TV? Control Freak remarks, This isn't over. And Raven retorts, Seems pretty over to me. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, let, let's talk about Control Freak for, for a second. I know we did yeah. a little earlier, but uh, I, have, <laughs> I have a specific idea. Okay, like, hit me with it. I he's a good character. We've we've yeah. established this. Yeah. And but he is that kind of like gatekeeper kind of nerd that like feels superior in his own domain. And yeah. like is not the kind of nerds that you and I are like. No. And I think <laughs> And I think that's that it it goes to the show's credit that they, you know, paint him as a villain in in this sort of way. Whereas you whereas you have Beast Boy, who is shown to like like the same sort of movies as this character uh, as Control Freak, but is much more open uh, to sharing his his love because like immediately uh, he wants to watch this movie and then share it with with his friends. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, like, like when we first watched it, we were we were kids, right? But uh, yeah. like, as as I've grown up, it's kind of become more clear, like the difference between nerds like us and nerds like Control Freak, and mm-hmm. it seems like an ideological divide. And I'm thinking yeah. in a more serious, modern adaptation, Control Freak might they might try to paint him in a more incel light. (laughs) Uh 
Mo- yeah, almost certainly. Yeah, okay. They they would do that. Yeah, and 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 yeah, I because I think, I mean, I definitely grew up in, and uh, had friends, and even you know, I'll I'll admit it. There were times when even I acted sort of like a a, a gatekeeping nerd back in my my high school days. Yeah, because but... I found I found this thing that I liked, and I was like, but this is my thing, and I want to like it, and uh, you know, obviously. You know, you you grow up, things change. You realize that, like, you know, part of part of having something that you love and and nerding out over something is uh, finding that community of people who also love it and sharing it with others and like having uh, welcoming arms to anyone who who wants to be a part of it. And uh, I think I think that's something, especially in the superhero comic book space, that's something that uh, people are. You know, communities of, of fans are still struggling with, I think. Right, uh, yeah. Definitely to, I would say to a lesser, like to a yeah. slightly lesser extent than how it was, uh, you know, when I was growing up. But like, it, it's almost like the 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 people who are still doing gatekeepy stuff are doing it harder <laughs> and yeah. and more, uh, more verbally and louder. Uh, I mean- and... And and so even though I feel like overall there have been positive strides, I right, think yeah. obviously we still have we still got a way to go. We still do. And like I mean, and to be fair to the show's credit, like this isn't entirely like one off because like last episode, Atlas started his beef with Cyborg only because Cyborg beat him in a video game. That is it. <laughs> that whole episode. <laughs> Right, like, right. It's just that. <laughs> it's just it's the villains are just people who are like, but I'm supposed to be good at this and have and like this cool thing. Yeah. It's mine. Yeah. Yeah. So uh the sprinklers stop. Back to the episode. The sprinklers yeah. stop. And Cyborg walks back in. Beast Boy digs through <laughs> the movie pile while Cyborg goes back out to throw up some more. And he so and good. Beast Boy finds Wicked Scary and proclaims movie night. He goes to check it out, but when he has trouble finding his renter's card, the cashier just gives it to him. Just take it. Just take <laughs> just it. Just take it. Just take it, which is nice. So good. So at the tower, Robin puts Control Freak remote in an, an evidence room. They call it an evidence room, but it also contains the chips that Robin stole when he was Red X, which you think should yeah. be returned to the places they were stolen from. It's more like a trophy room. It is, like is kind of like a yeah. trophy room. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, he is Batman's apprentice, so it's oh yeah. <laughs> so like, it's very. So uh, Beast Boy calls Robin over the intercom, declaring an emergency. But when Robin rushes in and wonders what the emergency is, Beast Boy says the emergency is it's showtime, and Robin isn't in his seat, and Robin is a little annoyed. And I just want to point mm. out now that it has started raining in the episode. So, like, we yes. see that. Yeah, like, yeah, it yeah. was it was dark, and, like, we did see some lightning at the beginning, but now it is raining. So Yeah, it's a, it's a very wet episode because uh, the sprinklers go off in the inside the store as well. It's, there's, a, there's a lot. There's a lot pouring down in this episode. There. So, uh... Starfire offers Cyborg some sugary treats, but Cyborg says, make it go away. 
<laughs> so Robin sits down and Beast Boy hypes up the movie as the most terrifying experience ever. However, the wind is taken out of his sails when Raven gives a stoic reaction to it. And Beast Boy's mm-hmm. mouth falls off in a nice little animation bit. But the... Yeah, I love that. I love I love when this show just is not afraid to be a cartoon. Yeah, and just like, stuff like that. Th- this like it it is a lot. It has a lot of anime influence, but it also has a lot of cartoon influence as well, and it really knows yeah. how to nail both. Yeah. So Robin remarks that it can't be any worse than the documentary on hot dogs Starfire made us watch. Starfire says <laughs> oh, yeah. she found it fascinating. She didn't know Earth people ate so many pigs and insects, and Cyborg throws up again. So, brief Third tangent, time. this is not going to yeah. go anywhere. So this made me think for a moment, did Starfire manage to show them a film version of The Jungle? And then I looked it up. <laughs> there is a film version of The Jungle. It's a silent film from 1914. However, it has been lost to time. At least um, in our universe. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, they've got it. They've got it at the tower. Although, maybe. maybe <laughs> I got it. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll just go with that. <laughs> so... Beast Boy brushes off the documentary and then explains that this film is cursed and if you watch it, evil things will happen. Raven is again not impressed and asks Beast Boy to play the movie. Beast Boy is annoyed at Raven's, you know, not impressed nature, but he does go and play the movie. And the movie begins and we see, like, the rain continue to pour down, lightning crash... And we see the Titans watching the movie, and they all look petrified. And the movie ends with the figure coming up to a woman scared out of her mind, and it cuts to black, and then, like, end in, like, big red text. Yeah. So... And, and yeah, everyone is... Everyone's terrified of it. Right, uh, yeah. But, but they're also, but they're also, like... They, they're this they're the kind of people who are exactly opposite of me i do i'm not a huge fan of watching uh horror movies oh same uh, same but like, but they're the kind of people who are like this was terrifying oh it was i loved it <laughs> you know they're like yeah this boy comes up and wonders if the movie is over but starfire doesn't want to open her eyes cyborg exclaims now i'm really sick to my stomach and start mm-hmm. and Robin remarks, I fought psychotic villains, robotic commandos, and oozing monsters, but that was the scariest thing I've ever seen. And as Robin is saying this, we see Raven realizing what's going on, and she pulls her hood up to compose herself. Mm-hmm. And then uh the other four uh laugh and revel in the film that they just watched. Which, again, I am also not a horror person. <laughs> this, like, this reaction is completely alien to me. I know. If I would be, I would be Raven in this scenario. Like, horror movies affect me so much that I will think about them for weeks after I watch them. And anytime I have, like, a fleeting thought of, like, all right, time to go to bed. Oh, no, what about that one thing in the movie that was scary? Now I'm going to think about that and have nightmares about it again. I mean, I, I don't usually go out of my way to watch horror movies. <laughs> but I like... I, yeah. I like things that, like... Like, hmm, I like things just on the perimeter of it. Like, horror elements in non-horror settings. 
or maybe oh sure or like thrillers where there's not really like like the horror is a little different i get you or like yeah i I think for me, like horror movie, the only horror movies that I like actively seek out are ones that are like cultural touchstones that I'm like, okay, well, I have to watch this because everyone's talking about it and I feel like I'm missing out. I'm missing out on something. Any sort of any like any Jordan Peele movie. I'm just like, all right, I have to I have to watch that. And to be fair, like those are still very fun in addition to being, you know, having horror elements. They're also just like fun and so i'm i'm fine with those i'm like yeah those are good i like those (laughs) all right so the beast boy then goes up to raven and says admit it you were scared and raven replies i don't do fear so later that night it's still raining lightning strikes the tower is dark and no one is roaming the halls so raven is in her room tossing and turning and she jolts awake in a panic She looks around in her room at the macabre decorations and says, maybe I should redecorate. She tries going back to sleep, but then hears a scream. She goes to the main hall area and wonders what's going on. Robin says it sounded like it came from the movie and wonder if they left the TV on. Starfire says the TV is off and the movie is right here. The power goes off, causing a stir, and Cyborg lights his flashlight. Robin assures everyone that the storm probably just knocked out the power. A tentacle wraps around Robin's shoulders and the others panic. Robin says, okay, Beast Boy, very funny. But Beast Boy is also watching this, and Robin turns to see the figure from Wicked Scary, and it takes off its cloak to reveal a monster with, like, five red eyes, none of where they're supposed to be, mouths all over its body, Tentacles mm-hmm. for legs and the hair from the girl from the ring. Yeah, it's like an amalgam of a whole bunch yeah. of scary things. Yeah. So the Titans are a bit scared, but face off against the monster anyway. Robin gets knocked back. Beast Boy turns into a T Rex to intimidate it, but the monster scares him so much that he turns into a cat. Mm-hmm. So Starfire and Cyborg try to join the fight, but get captured. Raven tries to fight, but then realizes her powers don't work. Yeah. Yeah. As the others try to fight the monster, uh, like, Beast Boy turns into an octopus to try and hinder it, but it sort of seems to be working, but not for long. So Raven tries rushing it, but gets knocked back against the wall, and when she hits the wall, the monster disappears suddenly and the others collapse. And then Starfire exclaims that someone's claws are on my grebnecks, and Beast Boy removes his tentacles and apologizes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which yeah, this is it's it's all it's it's very good. Uh, this this is when we start getting our first clues as to what's going on, I and I think and I think the writing the writing especially from here on out um, is like in terms of how the viewer can un- start understanding and like unraveling this mystery is. Uh, very good and very clever. Yeah. So the Titans wonder about the suddenly appearing and then disappearing monster. And Beast Boy proposes the theory that the movie is cursed. It opened a portal to another dimension. And now the uh-huh. monster's going to hunt them down and eat them. And I Naturally. bet I'm delicious. <laughs> Robin proposes the more rational theory that Control Freak escaped to get his remote and take his revenge. 
Starfire Shrieks, which to be fair, if I were being hunted by someone like Control Freak, I'd probably have the same reaction. <laughs> so Raven is unsure of why her powers are being affected, but Cyborg points out that if it can make candy evil, who knows what it could do. Exactly. So this is this is sort of what yeah. I was touching on earlier, where like if we don't because we don't have a clear cut what this remote from Control Freak can and cannot do, uh, it makes this feel like a plausible a plausible explanation for like, well, how come my powers aren't working? Uh, well, the remote control was able to make candy come to life. So, like, who knows? Like, it's it's as good as an explanation as anything we have right now. Right. And I just think that's I think that's very fun, uh, very effective writing. Yeah. So Robin says to split up and search the tower for answers. So they try to leave, but Beast Boy grabs them all and chastises them for it. Mm-hmm. You know what happens when they split up. The monster picks you off one by one to eat you, starting with the good-looking comic relief. Me! And he grabs mm-hmm. Robin in a tizzy. So Robin asks him to calm down, and Raven goes one step further and says, There's nothing to be afraid of. Lightning strikes again, and everyone's a little jumpy. Not gonna lie. Yeah. So they begin to investigate the tower in a group, and soon they come across a high-pitched voice saying, Help me! They decide to follow the voice, which goes against my instincts in this situation, which is to avoid an (laughs) ominous high-pitched voice that's probably coming from a doll that wants to kill them. Exactly. (laughs) So they trace it to Beast Boy's room and to Beast Boy's closet. Uh, it's a mess, and when they open the closet, a bunch of clothes fall on them, as well as a toy monkey that's asking, uh, help me count, and Beast Boy's a little embarrassed. So I was half right, it is just a toy, it does not want to show that. <laughs> but then Cyborg's like, ooh, I'm the big scary monkey! <laughs> and then Beast Boy says to Raven, you should have seen the look on your face. Raven angrily glares at him and says, You mean this one? Beast Boy replies, That's more angry than scared. Raven reiterates that she doesn't get scared, and that is when the monster appears again and the Titans run. They make their way into a room, but then there's no floor and they start falling. Beast Boy turns into a bird, Starfire carries Cyborg, and Robin uses his grappling hook to save him and Raven, who at this point can't use her powers. So mm-hmm. once they escape, they see the monsters out of their sight. Beast Boy again insinuates Raven is indeed scared, but then some tentacles grab Beast Boy and drag him into the darkness, and he says, What did I tell you? Funny guy goes first. Mm-hmm. So Robin uh, chases uh, Beast Boy to a door, and they open it, but uh, sees that Beast Boy is nowhere to be seen. So Robin wants some light, and Cyborg provides it. They're in the evidence room, and then Cyborg asks, what are we looking for? Robin replies, something that shouldn't be here. So they look through the remote and the room and find Control Freak's remote right where Robin left it. Raven yeah. wonders how Control Freak is doing this, and Cyborg proposes that he has another remote. I mean, we have, like, nine... <laughs> Would Again, you? trying to cyborg trying trying his best to provide any sort of uh, logical explanation, and then Robin says that maybe Control Freak isn't doing this, and then Raven says, "Well, whoever it is, they're not gonna scare us." 
And then Robin comes to a, re a realization. Fear. That's it. The movie, the monsters, Raven Powers, the answer's right in front of us. He goes into more preamble <laughs> before getting taken by some wall tentacles and disappearing through the wall. The others try to save him, but are brushed away. <laughs> now we're, we're two down. We're Three two left. down. Cyborg destroys the wall in hopes of finding Robin, but his efforts are in vain. He turns to the girls and asks, I don't suppose either of you know what he was about to say. They shake their heads and the group is concerned. Uh, they look through the main room again for Robin and Beast Boy, but Raven says, we've already searched here. Cyborg says, we've already looked everywhere. Raven notes, almost everywhere. When they realize what she means, Cyborg uh, drops the pillow he was holding and Starfire panics. <laughs> so they go to <laughs> investigate the basement. They go downstairs and Starfire is eager to get out. However, yes. Cyborg keeps her down here and uh, they have to go in further to investigate. So Starfire is incredibly on edge and sees something crawling across the floor and shoots at it. Raven and Cyborg ask what's wrong. Starfire says she saw something. Uh, Raven says she didn't, and Cyborg isn't picking anything up either. So they keep moving, and another creature runs past, and Starfire blasts it again. Raven says it's probably just rats. Starfire sees what's been crawling, points to them, and says those are not rats. They look up to see these dark rat-like creatures with four red eyes and beaks with sharp teeth which uh, sound familiar. <laughs> mm -hmm, so, mm -hmm. so they start running away while Starfire continues to blast them. But when Raven and Cyborg are home free, some of the creatures appear in the rafters and dogpile Starfire, and she is soon swallowed by the mass. Cyborg tries to save her, but he is too late, and Raven's like, no. So mm -hmm. three down, two left. Uh, Cyborg and Raven leave the basement, but Raven wants to go back to find a way to save Starfire. Cyborg says that they can't help anyone if whatever this is gets us. He wants to go out and get help. He readies his light and his cannon and scouts ahead. I will take this time now to note that the sound design throughout this whole episode is great. Incred it's spectacular. Yeah. I mean, the, the atmosphere that they create, especially for creating something that is scary but also still appropriate for like uh you know all ages television it's right, yeah. uh it's it's spectacular work it is and like uh i wonder i wonder if you knew this but like uh whenever whenever we watch something the the main uh like sense we use to process what's going on is sound not sight hmm and like I learned this in my psychology class and my psychology professor told me that like if you were to watch a horror movie like without the sound it it becomes a comedy <laughs> essentially <laughs> but like because it it's doing the horror sounds it's horror well and and I also think it's not just about horror sounds but also it can be the strategic lack of sound right that, yeah that can do it i mean you look at something like a quiet place from a, a couple years back right. where i i met the guy who did the music um for a quiet place and he was telling me that uh one of the notes when they were doing test screenings one of the notes they got was that they 
uh, used too much music. So it was it it was like they the sound for a quiet place was like they wanted it to be quieter because it felt like that would be scarier. Right. Uh, and so like that that sort of strategic lack of sound as well as yeah using using uh, sound design to create the atmosphere that you want. Um, it all ties into to create the vibe that, uh, that you want the audience to experience. Right, yeah. Yeah. So uh, after Cyborg is done scouting the hall, he says, we'll get through this, all right? Don't be scared. Raven says, for the last time, I'm not scared. And Cyborg gives a nonplussed look. So Raven walks on but loses Cyborg's light, and when she asks for it, she turns around and see Cyborg has disappeared without a trace, mm. which is scarier. He's just gone. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we don't know what got Cyborg. And, and, that, and that not knowing is also a fear in and of itself. Oh, yeah. So she worries, but then, like, a flying serpent with the same four red eyes and sharp-toothed beak comes flying at her. Uh, she runs away and makes it to the elevator before the serpent can get her, and she takes this time to relax, but the elevator starts filling up with this black ooze, and she panics again. The elevator drops her off at the main room, and Raven tries to collect herself. However, the creature barges in, and Raven tries running away, but at the other door is the mass of rat-like creatures. And she runs from them, too, hopping on the table and, like, over to the window. And once her back is to that, the wall becomes black, gains four red eyes, and, like, a creature emerges from it. Raven tries to remain brave and tells herself that she's not afraid, she's not afraid. However, in the face of all of this, she admits mm -hmm. to being afraid but it won't stop her from fighting back. So with one yes. big spell, she gets rid of all of the horrors as this gothic looking pterodactyl bird thing emerges from Raven and goes over Titan's tower and like, you know, presents itself and dissolves. Raven passes out with her powers flowing around her. So when Raven wakes up, the others are there to greet her and you know, help her get up so yeah. raven is relieved that they're okay and robin says that they were never in any real danger cyborg and beast boy take umbrage with that but robin says <laughs> but robin says that the monsters weren't real he surmises that raven was afraid but when she wouldn't admit it her feelings found another way out and surfoyer points out it was her powers which would explain the four red eyes and sharp tooth beak things exactly. we, since we saw like that in on the birds in nevermore mm -hmm. so and then once she accepted her fear uh it all went away raven blushes embarrassed and apologizes so yeah yeah i i love i mean this is everything that this episode has has been leading up to right? yeah this big this big twist that it isn't a villain doing this it is raven's own fear i mean the episode is called fear, fear itself, itself yeah. so like that's literally cluing you in as to like what's behind it what's the villain it's just it's fear itself yeah. and like. i love 
this is when I, when I was talking earlier about how the writing gets really clever uh, throughout this like sort of uh, ha- back half of the episode. I love how the the reason why people all the other titans disappear in the order they do is because each one of them is the foremost one who is going to or or has pointed out or escalated raven's fear so like beast boy goes first because he is the one who has been poking her about like you were scared you were totally scared you you made that scared face and she's like no i didn't and then he's gone robin is about to figure it out and explain that like hey raven actually is terrified which is why this is happening and then he gets taken away before he can explain that Starfire is like super jumpy in the basement and like escalating that fear uh, that everyone is having. And so like, she's gotta go because that's not helping Raven calm down at all. Uh, So then she gets taken. And then Cyborg is like this really steadying force of like, we gotta get help. We gotta figure out what's wrong. We can't save everyone unless we, we get to the bottom of this. But his one sort of grave error was right at the end when he goes like, hey, don't be afraid. We're going to figure this out. And just that small little, like, don't be afraid or like, don't be scared was, was enough to like tick off Raven to be like, I am not afraid. Why does everyone keep saying that? And then, then he, then he goes away too. So like the order in which the reasons why it all ties back into this, this theme of people are pointing out that Raven is scared or making it, making her fear worse in, in, in some capacity. And that's, that's why they start being picked off one by one. And I just think that's, that's really clever. And it lets you, the audience member, the viewer sort of figure, you know, these disappearances all become clues as to like, well, why are they disappearing? Uh, and how, what is actually happening. And if you're paying attention, you can, you can figure that out. And I think that's just really good writing. All right. Uh, I also have something to say about the disappearances as well, but, uh, on a, on a, on a different level. Okay. So, uh, okay. We're, let's just roll into it. So hit me with it. Let's start with, uh, Beast Boy. Now, if we are to operate under the assumption that Raven and Beast Boy do, in fact, have a crush on each other, mm-hmm. uh, she could be afraid of showing her fear because it could lead to embarrassment and, like, her thinking that Beast Boy might not think she's, like, as cool or okay. whatever Beast Boy's perception of her is. So, mm-hmm. like... Like Raven's fears around Beast Boy caught like there's that. So then Robin is the leader and Raven might also be afraid of letting him down by causing all of this. Mm-hmm. And then uh like then Starfire is uh like when Starfire gets incredibly jumpy, Raven like discounts her fears initially, but when like they come to fruition Raven, like, feels she let Starfire down because, like, she thought she was getting closer to her and understood her more ever since, like, switched. And then mm-hmm. Cyborg is the last, which another reason, like, you did point out that, like, Cyborg is, like, he understands, like, stoicism and he's, like, this calming force. 
mm-hmm. but he also understands uh, the need to be real at times. And yeah. when Raven fails to be real with Cyborg, she might also be afraid of letting him down too, because uh, like in a, in car trouble, like they grew closer be- when Raven decided to be real with Cyborg. Yeah. So it not only like, you know, not only is there like a technical aspect to like, you know, the their disappearances, but there's also like an emotional aspect to like, you know, how Raven perceives her team and how. Yeah. Yeah. I think I mean I think you're spot on. I mean, and I think it's what what's really great, especially about the the Beast Boy thing, is I, I think you can tell throughout this episode that sh- that Raven is a little bit embarrassed about potentially being scared and, and wanting people to not know that she's scared, wanting to put on that front. And when it when it when that reveal happens and, and it comes out that it, no, she she has been scared this whole time. That's what's that's been that's been what's causing all of these these problems uh no one no one makes fun of her for it in fact if anything uh beast boy himself is like you know that was actually really scary it was way scarier than the movie do you think you could do this again next halloween and so like even he is you, you know even though the whole time he's like oh you were scared you were scared when he realizes that she was scared he's, he's not like i told you so or anything he's like Oh, that was, I mean, that was fun. We got to do it again. I like, was like, it's, yeah, it's, that was cool. And I do, and yeah. I do want to point out Raven's answer to that is I'm afraid not, which excellent and <laughs> end episode stinger. Yeah. So good. It is. It is great. But and, yeah. and I just want to, I also just want to say like on, on the message of this episode, um, you know, everything turns around when Raven confronts when, when she, uh, you know, Right, yeah. Like has, that, she, she realizes, yeah, she she realizes that she is afraid. Now, I mean, she doesn't realize it, but she at least admits it to herself. She's open and says, like, I am afraid, but that doesn't mean I can't fight back. And I, and what I love about that, that sort of message is, uh, and again, I think it even ties into what you were saying about how she feels about letting her team down if she's afraid. It's that, like, it's this idea that bravery and courage is not the lack of fear. It's not being fearless but rather acting and being uh, being able to to act in a moment of of fear and 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 not letting that fear sort of take control uh, of you and so I, I think that's a really good message of, of just like everyone gets afraid everyone's afraid but that doesn't mean you still can't be brave in that moment and I just I think I mean I think that's just a good that's a good thing to to hit home on I think that's great yeah you you took the words right out of my mouth there <laughs> Where, <laughs> yeah no I I have this but like 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 with this episode in general like I love it like I mean it's a horror movie but it's in a kids show and yes. it's it's really great it, it knows how to play in that space too and like it being a horror movie but in this like environment is like how i can sometimes eat onions on a pizza or in a casserole uh-huh. you know but like I, I can't just like eat a raw onion no. <laughs> but like you know if it's on a pizza or in a casserole i could i could do it sure, why not? and like it's not limited to like horror either and like that breathing room like gives it the ability to like you know do its usual teen titans antics yeah while also and like you know teaching the message that 
it is okay to be scared and to tell people. And like, as you said, like beast boy, like tells Raven, yeah, this was actually really cool. though. Right. Yeah. There's she, she comes to terms with her fear and her friends don't make fun of her for it. They're, they don't even, they don't turn it into a big thing at all. They're just like, Oh yeah. Raven was afraid, but then she fought back and then, Everyone was like, oh, cool. That was that was a lot of fun, actually. I'm, I'm glad that <laughs> we weren't in any real danger. Like, no one no one tries to poke fun at her. No one tries to be like, ha-ha, you were afraid. I told you so. Uh, mm. Everyone is, is very, very, like, warm and welcoming and just being like, you know, I, I'm glad you could be honest with yourself, be honest with us. Like, it's... It, and, like, and these things aren't even explicitly stated necessarily. Like, there's no big... Like, the, the, the sort of... The biggest quote unquote like preachiest moment is when Raven says like, you know, I am afraid, but that doesn't mean I can't fight back. And like, but they didn't like, they didn't like pause for five minutes to deliver like this big speech about basically everything that we're saying. Uh, Everything is, is very, it's just so tight and so well written that it gets these messages across in the story without having to like have this big end monologue of, of like, you know, and here's the lesson we learned today. Right. I just, I, and, and I love that stuff. Right. So this leads me to another point. Uh, and maybe I can bounce some of this off of you as well. Yeah. So like, and in, in this podcast, I'm going over the entire series. And right now we're in season two, which is, the the tariff season and uh mm-hmm. like we like the, the the first terror episode it, it it strikes on a like similar tone where terra is afraid of like unleashing her powers and causing destruction and hurting her friends which is what happens in this episode but with uh-huh. raven <laughs> I think the difference there is um and I don't and and this is this is me trying to like make it make sense in a way but like Robin says in this episode that even though it was Raven doing all of this they were never actually in any danger um Oh okay but so, like okay now there's there it I I actually have a different point uh like in, okay. in the Terra episode, like, I pointed out, or maybe it was last episode, because I also cover, like, you know, last episode also dealt with, like, Cyborg's insecurities, and, like, the previous one was Terra's insecurities, and this one is Raven's insecurities, and, like, I pointed out in, like, one of the previous two episodes that, like, at, at this point, the Titans know each other and are a very insular group, and they know, like, it's okay to, like, you know, let their guard down for a little bit. But Terra, yeah. only having been there for, like, two days, does not. And, like, her fear mm. gets the better of her in that moment. Whereas, like, I mean, it Raven lets the fear get the better of her and also last episode cyborg does as well for some extent of time but uh like eventually they both rise to the occasion and but tara like doesn't have that like 
safety net built in yet. So that that also plays into why. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I mean, these are these are a group of friends um, more than anything. They're they're teammates, but they're also friends who have presumably known each other for for a, a good while and uh, are very trusting of each other and uh, are continuing to to open up to one another and feel comfortable and right in, yeah in that space. And I think like, I think yeah, and like as I said in one of those two episodes. That like, like Beast Boy points out in Terra that like, the Titans would accept Terra, d- like, despite her not being able to fully control her powers, and mm-hmm. like Robin like points it out not as like you know a criticism but as like, you know like trying to level with her and under and be understanding. It's just right there's just a lack of understanding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. So, uh, do you have any, well, hold on. There's something I did want to ask you. I know, I know okay. you said that, uh, this episode is better than you remembered it, but, yeah. uh, I don't know. As I'm going through like this show, like this is like almost 20 years old at this point. Uh-huh. So, like, as I've been going through the show, I've seen things where it's like, like, you wouldn't really write a show in this style today, but, like, if you were to show someone the show, it would still work. Mm-hmm. And so, did you sense anything like that outside of the movie rental place? Because that's, that's, <laughs> that's not... That's just that was just a sign of the times, more no, than anything. No, I no, I thought it was. Uh, I thought it was good. I th- I think I could easily. I mean, yeah, I I don't think I've watched this show in in probably over a decade. Like I I, it's very rare that I go back and rewatch any show. Okay. Um. So so having the opportunity to rewatch this episode, it it is uh. Yeah, I, I guess in my head I I had thought that like oh these you know Teen Titans was just a show that I remember being good because I was young but if I went back to watch it it probably wouldn't hold up but uh, that is not my experience with this episode I watched this episode and I thought this is spectacular I mean I've I've complimented the storytelling the the characters how they feel very three dimensional and not just uh, sort of one off. Uh, jokes here and there. Everyone feels, even in just this episode, it feels fleshed out. Like Robin being able to solve the the mystery almost immediately. Uh, Cyborg jumping between being comedic relief and this very comforting presence uh, in in the uh, in battle, uh, and and just seeing the the depths of of Raven, who was really just uh, can strike you as this person who's just like, oh, I'm like the unemotional whatever one. And this episode is fully about her emotions and, and dealing with them. Right. Um, yeah. I think, I think the writing is great. The characters are great. Uh, there wasn't, I mean, even just the humor, there wasn't anything that really struck me as like, Ooh, that's a dated sort of joke. Um, 
other than, I mean, even the movie rental thing, I think is fine. Cause like one of the biggest things right now in pop culture is like stranger things. And that has all set in the, all set in the eighties. And even some characters work at movie rental stores. Right, so like, yeah. I think people get it. I yeah. think people understand, yeah. you know? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, this, this episode is fantastic and I, and I love it to pieces. It is just, it's great all around. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, that that will do it for this episode of The Last Slice of Pizza. Scott, where can people yeah. find you? Oh, you can find me. My main sort of gig is on YouTube at the YouTube channel NerdSync, N-E-R-D-S-Y-N-C. I spell it every time, <laughs> uh, so it's easier for people to find. Uh, I'm also on Twitter. I've got uh, My Twitter is just my name, Scott Nicewander. Uh, good luck spelling that one. And uh, if you're a fan of podcasts like this, then I also have a podcast called It's Probably Not Aliens, which is a show that I do with my buddy Tristan, uh, where we look at the show Ancient Aliens from History Channel, uh, and we go through it and debunk all of their different claims one by one every episode. And it's just a ton of fun, and we learn about the real-world history of people and places and artifacts and re and really cool things. So if you're interested in some humor and some uh, education, then that's sort of my that's sort of my jam. I do that pretty much everywhere I am on the internet. All right then, and once again, I will thank the Unknown King for providing our theme song, and be sure to. Oh, I did. I was gonna mention this earlier. I it did slip my mind. Uh, I, you'll, mm -hmm. you'll, you might catch on. You might not, depending how good your memory is. I'll just, I'll just go ahead and do it. Okay. So be sure to leave your comments and reviews on Anchor, on Apple Podcasts, on the Google Play Store, and wherever else RSS feeds go when they are afraid. Uh, so yeah, I've been low-key borrowing the old nerd sync podcast <laughs> that's so funny i forgot i was gonna bring it up before we uh like started recording no that's spectacular i love it i did it with, i've done it with this podcast as well as my previous podcast because it, it flows so well but yeah <laughs> uh you'll see me but only me for the next episode a date with destiny. I will see you then. And Scott will see you on his stuff that he already On the <laughs> internet. Yeah. yeah. All right. Excellent.